Well, hey, we are so glad you're here today. I want to echo what Pastor Zach and Mal and even Rachel on the screen said, welcome home. We are so, so glad you're here. Today's a very cool day, 0202-2020. Are you all ready? Are you ready? I feel like January felt like a year. There's a lot of good things. We had 21 days of power. We had uh, your best year uh, teaching series. There's so many good things, but honestly, I am so grateful that February is here. And I don't know if you feel that way or not, but I'm looking forward to this month and I'm looking forward to our teaching that's called Some Assembly Required. But uh, as we dive in, I do want to say a quick shout out. Today is Pastor Chuck's wife, Miss Jenny's birthday. <laughs> Woo! And she is unbelievable. So if you haven't logged on to Facebook today, blow up her wall today, blow up her feed and tell her how much we love her. Uh, she's, so, she's so wise and, and does so many things behind the scenes that you would probably never know about, but she makes us better. And so we're so grateful. Happy birthday to you, Miss Jenny. Today, as we, uh, as we sort of look at what we're doing, last month, we talked about your best year. And we really set up this idea that God who created us, created us on purpose for a purpose. And so if we want to know how to live well, if we want to have our best year, we ought to align our lives with what God says. So we hung out in the book of Proverbs and, and man, I found it so helpful. And then we also had 21 days of power where we, uh, many of us did uh, some version of a fast. Not everybody did a food fast. Some people did like social media or different versions of a fast, but we gave up something in order to distance ourselves a little bit from the world and to bring ourselves closer to God. And it's been so amazing to hear many of the testimonies that came from that. Well, Today, as we get started in February, we're talking about this idea of some assembly required. And this whole month is all about relationships. This whole month is all about relationships. In fact, next week, Pastor Chuck is going to be talking about marriages. And so if you are married, this is going to be a week you do not want to miss. If you want to be married one day, this is a week you don't want to miss because there's going to be so many practical takeaways from this. He and Jenny have been together for about 13 years now, and I'm telling you, they have experienced more in 13 years than most people experience in a lifetime, and so they have a lot of wisdom to talk about here. Then the next week, Pastor Chuck is talking about parenting, and every grandparent I meet says the best part of being a parent is to be a grandparent, and so uh, they'll put up with their own kids so that one day they'll have grandkids, and so uh, I heard some amen, I see some head nods over here. And so I'm telling you, week three is going to be amazing. And then the last week, I'm, I'm honestly really looking forward to, it's all about the promises in relationships. How do you make a promise, keep the promise? What does that covenant look like? And what do healthy boundaries look like? And I'm telling you, that's going to be super helpful as well. And so I want to encourage you to do the best you can to be here every Sunday and to lean into this and to say, God, I'm just open. I'm open because relationships are such a big part of our lives. And so today, to kick us off, I really want to introduce the series by talking about a, a single relationship that really has a lot of influence on us. And the reason why I wanted to start here today is because over the last 20 or so years that I've been in ministry, I've had a lot of conversations with people over coffee, in the office, or speaking at some event somewhere on the road at a youth camp or some leadership event. And there's a common theme that I've seen over time. Uh, the, the, there, there's something when somebody's life goes awry and when they feel like they're on some path they never saw coming, usually what we're going to talk about today has something to do with it. 
I mean, there, there, there's a lot of things we could have talked about on week one, but this week I want to set this conversation off because if we could sit down at coffee or if we could debrief some major life thing going on in your life, this is some of what we would probably talk about because this relationship has a lot of influence on us. This relationship uh, impacts us in a big way. This relationship is one of those things that in the moment, it doesn't maybe feel like it applies to us and yet it really does. See, what we're gonna talk about today, oftentimes we think, well, the next generation needs to hear it. The next generation needs to learn this. You need to talk about this in youth group. You need to talk about it at youth camp because what we're talking about today, often we think is for the next generation, but I'm telling you, even as adults, this is for us because the relationship that we're talking about is we're talking about friendship. Friendships. We're talking about friendships. We're talking about the people that have influence in our lives. And so if you could visualize this just for a second, pretend for a moment that you could see a target on the stage. You know what I'm talking about? You got the bullseye in the middle, then you've got rings coming out of it. Some of you ladies were shopping at Target yesterday. So you've already pictured it. I love, I don't know if y'all ever see Babylon B pop up in your feed, but they had an article that dropped yesterday that, that was like shocking woman makes it out of Target without spending more than a hundred dollars. I'm like, I don't know if that's possible. No, not, not possible, AJ. For us, our downfall is Walgreens. Anytime we gotta just pop into Walgreens, it's $50 later. So pray for us, pray for us. But picture our Target for a second. You've got a bullseye in the middle and then you've got rings that come out of it. You've got concentric circles. And I just worked that in just because I don't know when else I'll ever be able to say concentric circles on a platform, right? So you've got the, the bullseye. And if you're married, that's your spouse or your significant other. Uh, but outside of that, you've got intimate friends, you've got acquaintances, you've got coworkers. And so here's, let, let me start here for a second. Not all friendships are equal. Can I just say that on the front end? Not all friendships are equal. And so what I'm not talking about this morning is I'm not talking about that outside circle. What I'm not talking about is I'm not talking about the next rung end either. What I'm talking about this morning in the context of this series is that circle that's near your heart that has the four or five really close friends. Are y'all tracking with me? See, here's the thing about some assembly required. Relationships are powerful, but they often require some assembly. If you have a Bible, I'm gonna invite you to follow along. If you've got a handout to write on today, I'm gonna invite you to jot down a couple of things this morning because I'm telling you, this is a conversation that happens. I can't count how many times over the years in ministry of just talking about the power of friendship. Here's the verse for today. It's just one verse. It's Proverbs chapter 13, verse 20. You could even memorize it before this morning's over, but here's what Proverbs 13, 20 says. Whoever walks with the wise becomes what? Becomes wise. But the companion of fools, read this last phrase with me, will suffer harm. So let's do that again. Whoever walks with the wise becomes what? But the companion of fools will suffer harm. So it's just one short little verse. I mean, at first, when you look at it, you're like, really? We're going to talk about this for 20, 25 minutes. It's just one little verse. But inside this verse, there's so much power. Because I said on the front end that not all friendships are equal, not all relationships are equal. And when you look at this verse, you see that's true. You see there are some friendships that are wise. So the question is, well, what is a wise friend? What is somebody that is wise? And honestly, there's, there's some great definitions, but one of the best definitions I know of somebody that's wise is it's somebody that knows the truth and they tried their best to live it out. 
A wise person is somebody that knows the truth and they tried their best to live it out. In other words, they realize that all of life is connected. They realize that the decisions they make today is connected to some outcome tomorrow. They, they realize that if I make a financial decision today, that financial decision today doesn't live in isolation. It's gonna impact some behavior tomorrow. If I make some relational decision today, it's gonna have an impact maybe even next week. If I, if I look at something, if I download something today, it's gonna have an impact. See, that's a wise person. A wise person is somebody that realizes that all of life is connected. And because of that, they want to apply good thinking to the decisions they make. It doesn't mean they're perfect. It doesn't mean that they never mess up. That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is more often than not, they try to connect the dots and they try to do the right thing. Are y'all tracking with me? That's, that's sort of a wise person. A wise person knows better. And so they try to do better. But then he says, but the companion of fools. So the second category is a fool. And, and he's not trying to be derogatory. He's not like pointing fingers and saying, you're a fool and you're a fool. You're... That's not what he's doing. He's describing a category. And this category of people is a person that knows better, but they willingly choose not to do better. In other words, they know the truth. They've experienced this before. They've seen life happen before. They know better, but they willingly over and over and over and over again, don't do anything about it. It's a pattern of their life. It's not a one-time thing. It's not a blip on the radar. It's a way of living. And so in this one little verse, there's these two categories. There's the wise kind of friend who, who sees life connected and sees the big picture. And then there's this full kind of friend that, that honestly makes decisions in the moment, in the here and now. And this one, verse helps every single one of us begin to look at the people on that inside circle. Again, I'm not talking about random people you see in the community. I'm not talking about people that you sort of know because you do business with them. I'm not even talking about coworkers that you're around some of the time. I am talking about this inner circle of intimate friends. And most stats would show that, that most people don't have three, more than three or five people in the circle. So I'm talking about a very specific circle where we need to guard our friendships. Some friendships require assembly. So my question today is how would you know what would be the signs if you need to make some shifts on that inside circle? In other words, if this is so important, if this is so influential, if God himself says, hey, this is a big deal, and you can look throughout scripture, I just picked one place, but you can look throughout scripture that talks about the power and the influence of friendships. If this is such a big deal, then how can you and I begin to look at those inside inner loop relationships? I'm not talking about 50 people. I'm not talking about 100 people. I'm talking about maybe one, two, or three people in your life. What would be the signs that some work is required. Well, if you're a note taker, let me, let me give these to you this morning. Number one, the first sign that there needs to be a shift, the first sign that maybe we need to renegotiate a relationship is number one, anytime there is negative shaping. Anytime there is negative shaping. See, what I found is that some friendships take care of themselves. 
Sometimes as adults, friendships take care of themselves. You change jobs and so you're not around that person anymore. Maybe you moved to a different neighborhood and you're not around that person anymore. Or maybe some relationship thing changed and because of that, you're now in different friends groups. Sometimes friendships take care of themselves, but other times we have to take some initiative. In other words, we have to be more intentional. We have to be on the watch out. And so the first sign that maybe we need to renegotiate some relationships is number one, anytime negative shaping takes place, anytime negative shaping takes place, because listen to this verse, he says, whoever walks with the wise will become wise, but the companion of fools will suffer harm. So two of the words that really stick out to me is this idea of walking and this idea of being a companion. This idea of walking means that this is something you do consistently. It's a habit. It's something that you do on and on again. It's not just an acquaintance. It's not just somebody you give the what's up when you're passing them. It's not you're riding on the motorcycle and give them the little two finger uh, or actually point down at the road. Or if you're driving a Jeep, you do the other thing, right? This is somebody that you're doing life with. This is somebody you're spending time with. And that's the same idea with companion. This is somebody that has access to your heart. They have access to your emotions. They have access to the decisions that you're making. And here's one of the signs that maybe we need to renegotiate the place of influence that person has in our life is when they are shaping us negatively, when they're having a negative impact in our lives. Because here's what I think is true. You become like the people you spend the most time with. Haven't you recognized that before? You become like the people you hang out with. And that could be a positive thing and that could be a negative thing, but you become like the people you spend the most time with. And so here's why this is so important. If you have three to five people on that inside circle that are negative, negative in their behaviors, negative in their attitudes, negative in the decisions they're making, chances are you're going to be tempted to become negative with them. Are you tracking with me that, that you become like the people you spend the most time with? Uh, somebody way smarter than me said it this way. They said, you become like the five people you hang out with. And I think there's truth in that. I think there's absolutely truth in that. And so if you have the wrong person on that inside circle, again, not acquaintances, not coworkers. I'm not saying, hey, let's all pack up and move to Oakwood and not talk to anybody ever again. There's no Oakwood people in here, are there? I should have picked a better, a more distant place, right? But what I am saying is if there's somebody on that inside circle that is making a negative decision, chances are they're having a negative impact on you because no relationship is static. All relationships are moving somewhere, right? No relationship is static. All relationships are moving somewhere. And so if you're around the wrong influence, chances are you're gonna be shaped by that. Let me give you a couple of examples. Let me give you sort of a non-friendship example. Let me give you an example when it just comes to news. I have a love-hate relationship with the news. I, I, like what's, I, I like to know what's going on in the world, but I hate what the way news programs, most of them are today. And so I used to be uh, a junkie. I used to have like the 24 seven news cycle on. I used to have the, when I'd get ready in the morning, I had the news on. When I go to bed at night, I have the news on. And I, I, I used to have it on all the time. And then what I found is that when I would go to bed at night, I couldn't sleep because instead of having peace, power and direction that Pastor Chuck talks about in the weekday meditations, I was going to bed with higher blood pressure and stress. Are y'all tracking with me? Because I guarantee you, every time I watch the news, it always starts with latest breaking news. And guess what? It's something awful. 
as something horrible. And then at the very end, the last segment, as always, here's some kitten that was rescued out of the tree. <laughs> Every single time. So now I listen to the news as a podcast. I listen to it as a podcast. And every time I listen to it, it's only 18 minutes when you take the commercials out. It always starts with breaking news. We come to you live with breaking news. And then they close with some sappy little story. Well, how come that happens every single night? Is that by happenstance that they order the news that way? No, it's intentional. Why? Because they know that if they lead with fear, they know if they lead with uncertainty, they know if they lead with drama, that more people are going to watch because most of us are drawn to drama. Most of us are drawn to fear. And because they know that if they can draw our eyeballs to the TV set to watch fear, uncertainty, and drama, they'll get more advertisers. When they have more advertisers, they get more what? They get more advertisers dollars. And so the news they're presenting is presented in an order, not to give us the greatest good of what's going on in the world, but to, to get us irate about something. Are y'all tracking with me? Or is this just a sermon for me? This might just be for me. I may, may need to take a sedative before we're over. I'm getting worked up just thinking about the news. And so a few years ago, I made the decision that I'm going to turn that off. And I'm still alive. The world is still here. Jesus is still on the throne, right? And so what I found is I didn't like the person I was becoming, so I had to make a shift. Well, friendships are that way. In fact, when I was thinking about this message, I was like, man, there's so many stories in my life of dumb decisions I've made. And guess what? 99% of the dumb decisions I've made, I was with a friend. Isn't that true for you? I mean, the crazy stuff I did as a teenager, I usually didn't do alone. I did it because a friend was egging me on. And your parents would always be like, well, if your friend jumped off a bridge, would you jump off too? <laughs> you're, at least you're honest. I was like, no, I'll film it on my phone and post it on YouTube and get a million likes. And so, but rarely do we get into bad decisions by ourselves. In fact, if you were to think about some of your struggles, even as an adult, some of the addictions that you've had to navigate, most of the addictions that, uh, that adults struggle with today started when they were friends with somebody that introduced them to that thing they're addicted to. Most of the broken relationships that I've seen are broken because of negative influence of the people around them. And so when he says this, whoever walks with the wise, he's saying doing life with, and whoever's a companion with the fool, he's saying, if you're not careful, you become like that person. And so sign number one, that you might need to renegotiate the place of influence that person has in your life is anytime there's negative shaping. Anytime there's negative shaping. One of the things that you might find is, man, if you're always around somebody that gossips, chances are over time you're going to become a gossip. Or if all of your friends, if, if every time you get together with your guy friends or if every time you get together with your girlfriends and they're all just dogging their spouses and talking about how dumb they are and I can't believe them, they're so lazy, guess what's going to happen over time? Chances are you're going to dive into that. You're going to have that same kind of mentality. If you're hanging out with people that are making choices that aren't in alignment, they're, not, they're making choices that aren't in alignment with the kind of marriage you want to have or the kind of parent you want to become or the kind of financial status you want to have one day. If you're hanging around people that aren't in alignment, chances are they're going to negatively impact you. Over time, you're going to become more like that. You're going to think more like that. And so sign number one is any time there's negative shaping, negative shaping. But the second one, I think, is really powerful as well. A second sign that maybe we need to renegotiate. Again, I'm talking about that inside circle. I'm not talking about everybody else. Don't, don't 
tune out on that. I'm talking about this inside circle, but a second sign is not only when there's negative shaping, but number two, anytime we find that there's needless suffering, needless suffering. Here's what I know is all of us are going to suffer at some point. If you're a believer and you try to do the right thing and you try to say, hey, I'm going to make God honoring decisions. Or I'm going to try to do business God's way. Or if you try to go to work and say, you know what, I'm not going to do work like the world says work ought to go. Or, man, when I hang out with people, I'm not going to do all the things. When you try to do the right thing, there's, there's going to be consequences to that. There, there, there's going to be suffering. And, and so the Bible says to every believer, yes, there's going to be suffering. But here's what I found is I'm not saying there's not going to be any suffering at all. But what I am saying is that you're not meant for all the suffering that's out there. We're supposed to suffer for doing the right thing, not for the wrong thing. And so when you look at this verse, it says, whoever walks with the wise becomes wise, but the companion of fools, read this last three words with me again, will suffer harm. Let's read that again, will suffer harm. And so here's what's interesting about this verse. I'm just gonna be honest. Point one, negative shaping, that wasn't written in the verse, was it? I'm just gonna be, it's not, explicit in that verse. But if you read the rest of Proverbs, if you read the rest of scripture, it's just a true principle. But the second one is right there. Will suffer harm. Will suffer harm. See, what I've found is usually when we talk about the first principle, negative shaping, there's a lot of people in rooms like this or even watching online that think, I would never become like that person. There's a lot of people that, that think they're the exception to the rule. They think, oh, there's no way I would make that kind of decision. There's no way I would go that far. There's no way I'd step out on my, my relationship. There's no way I would do that with money. There's no way I would. And so some of us feel like this message isn't for us because we think, man, their negative decisions will not affect my decisions. And so that verse, that's true. If you just read the verse, it doesn't say that it will happen. But here's what it does say. Even if you don't do what they do, even if you don't say the things that you, they say, even if you don't step out of the relationship, even if you don't smoke what they smoke, even if you don't cheat people the way that they cheat, and you can just go on and on, even if you never do any of those things, just by them being in the inner circle, you're still gonna suffer harm. Because at some point, their life is gonna explode. at some point, their decisions are going to catch up on them. And maybe it's not today, and maybe it's not even this year. This could be down the road. I don't know the time frame, but what I do know, at some point, those decisions are compounding. At some point, those decisions are going to come due. And at some point, you just can't break the principle of sowing what you, or reaping what you sow. And so at some point, when their life explodes, if they're in that inner circle, you will suffer harm. When their life explodes, you're going to be hit by the shrapnel of their decisions. And some of you have seen this. And I've got high school friends that will never walk again because they were with somebody that made a bad decision and their life has been forever altered. I've counseled people that, that, that man, they, they didn't make the decision themselves. They, they never saw it coming. It's not something that they saw themselves doing, but because of their close proximity, because of the, the choice that somebody else made, their life will never be the same. 
And so the second sort of warning, the second kind of saying, hey, maybe, maybe there's some changes you need to make is anytime there's unnecessary suffering in your life when it seems like their drama is crowding in on your life, maybe that's time to make a shift. Here's the principle behind this teaching is your friends, and this is what Pastor Andy Stanley says, your friends potentially determine the direction and the quality of your life. Your friends potentially determine the direction. In other words, this is where I'm going. This is the kind of marriage I want to have. This is the kind of finances I want to have. This is the influence I want to have when I'm long gone. This is the kind of person I want to be, the direction and the quality, how much drama, how much pain, how much hurt, how much second guessing your friends help do that. So number one, anytime there's negative negative shaping, anytime there's this negative impact, maybe I need to take a step back. Number two, anytime there's needless suffering, when I see their lives blow up and it's causing undue drama in my life, maybe I need to take a step back. Number three, the third principle that maybe we need to do some work on a relationship is when it's needed for the spirit of God to move. When it's needed for the spirit of God to move. So when you look at just the first part of this verse, it says, whoever walks with the wise. I don't have scientific evidence on this, but most psychologists say that you've got space for three, maybe five really close friends in your life. It's just really hard to maintain deep, lasting relationships. You could have 400 friends on Facebook, but only have three to five people that you're super close to. Most people uh, have trouble naming one or two. So I'm just going to be honest. The stats would say it's hard to maintain three to five. But what I've seen in our world is it's sometimes even hard to maintain one or two. But here's what it does say, whoever walks with the wise. And so if there's a limited space near your heart... If there's a limited influence that you're able to have, if you're limited in how much influence and investment you can make in a relationship, sometimes it's necessary to move the negative influence in your life out at least a ring or two. Does that make sense? If, if your closest ring can only hold one, two, or three people, and, and that ring is being crowded by the wrong kind of friend, maybe you have to make a decision to say, man, I'm not going to hate them. I'm not walking away from them totally. But what I am saying is I need to lessen their influence. Why? Because I want to walk with the wise. I want there to be space in my life for somebody that sees life as connected. I want there to be space in my life for there to be people in my life that make me stronger and better and tell me the truth. I want there to be people in my life that help me have a stronger marriage. I want there to be people in my life that help me to be a better husband. I want there to be people in my life that help me live like today matters. I want there to be people in my life that help me to live with less regrets and more hope. I want there to be people in my life that help me to be all that I can be. That doesn't happen by accident. There has to be space for that kind of person. And so sort of the two applications of this principle is sometimes it's necessary for you, for the spirit of God to move. You, you need to create some space for God to be able to step in and to help do some things. But honestly, sometimes it's necessary for God to move in the other person's life. Because sometimes what happens, was that Siri helping us out there? I like that. Hey, Siri. Oh, <laughs> not right now. <laughs> Hopefully I didn't set off anything at people's homes watching online. 
Alexa, buy Bobby, buy Bobby salted caramel cupcakes. The application is sort of twofold. One is sometimes it's, we, it's needed for the spirit of God to move in our life, but honestly, sometimes it's also necessary for God to move in their hearts. Because here's what I found. Sometimes we think we have what I call the savior complex, and that's certainly not new to me, but sometimes when it comes to toxic relationships, we feel like we're the only one. In fact, some of y'all are feeling that even now. You're like, but Bobby, they're my friend. But Bobby, I've known them since I was in kindergarten. Bobby, I, I, I've, I'm best friends with them. I mean, if you go back and find my old MySpace page, they were part of the top eight. <laughs> and so I feel, I, I know there's pushback. I've been there myself before. I mean, I, I'm not telling you anything. I haven't wrestled with my own self. I'm not saying this is easy, but here's what I found is sometimes we think we have to be in their life. Who else is going to be a positive influence? Who else is going to pour into them? Who else is going to be their Christian friend? And what I found actually, once I finally took a step back, is it created space, one, because I was too close to them to actually make an impact. And then two, it created space for somebody else to be an influence in their life. Are y'all tracking with me? God's bigger than just me in somebody's life. And I know you know that, and I know I know that, but sometimes in the moment we feel like I gotta stay, I gotta stay, I gotta stay. And I'm telling you, sometimes it's needed for the spirit of God to move. Here's the principle that goes with sort of this red flag is that if you show me your friends, I'll show you your future. If you show me your friends, if you show me what they like, if you show me how they treat the people around them, if you show me what they're like even in traffic, show me your friends, show, show me your friends, show me, show me what they're like and what are the things that light them up and what are the things that get them excited and what are the things that they spend money on. Show me, show me the, their, their lifestyle, show me your friends and I'll show you your future. Why? Because it goes all the way back to the first principle. We become like the people we hang out with the most. And so it's this idea that when you look at your friends, you sort of can predict your future. That's why every parent is saying, man, I wish my kid was in the room to hear this right now. Because you know that friends determine the direction and quality of life. And I would just say that, yes, we teach this to your kids. I, I love our kids' ministry. I love our student ministry. We teach these principles very, very often. And I just want to say, don't think it's just for them. I think it's for us as well. Sometimes it's needed for the Spirit of God to move. And then finally, here's the last principle, number four. It requires us to make a necessary shift. It requires a necessary shift. Sort of a, a, a recalibration. That's why this whole series is called Some Assembly Required because there's adjustments along the way. This is not perfect. This is not uh, nice and neat and clean. It's sort of like trying to put together something from Ikea. It looks great once it's assembled, but man, those instructions are awful. They're awful. They're messy. And that's the way relationships are. And that's why I wanted to start here this week. Honestly, the series gets better from here. This is sort of a, a heavier place to start, but it's so necessary. Why? Because of all the conversations I've had and what I've seen in my own life. And man, here's, here's what it leads us to is there must be a necessary shift. So when you look at this verse, you see two kinds of people. He who walks with the who? The wise. And so that's category number one, wise people, connected people, people that are making decisions based on where they want to go and who they want to become. Category number two, the full. And so at some point, we have to make a decision to shift some of these relationships. I'm not saying we hate them. I'm not saying we walk. I'm, I'm not saying anything like that. But what I am saying is we've got to become intentional about the one 
the two or three people that have access to our hearts. Here's the last principle that goes with this red flag. It's impossible. It's impossible to live the right kind of life with the wrong kind of friends. It is impossible to live the right kind of life when you have the wrong kind of friends. What do I mean? When all of your friends are going down a different path relationally, it's gonna have influence on you. When all of your friends have a different sort of status that they're going for in their life, it's gonna have an impact on you. When all of your friends are the kind of people that, 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 that act first and think about it second, that's gonna have an impact on you. When you find yourself going down a path, there needs to be a necessary shift. When you find yourself hating the things that God loves, there needs to be a necessary shift. When you find yourself doing things that you thought you would never do, there needs to be a necessary shift. If you're hanging out with people and you feel this tug inside of you to try to fit in and to try to do everything they're doing, there needs to be a necessary shift. If right now you are tempted to do something that you never thought would be a temptation a year ago or 10 years ago, there needs to be a necessary shift. But what happens too often is we don't pay attention and we allow this inner circle to be filled with people that are going a different direction than us. And it requires at some point this shift. And what I've seen is when this shift takes place, maybe it doesn't happen overnight. In fact, I think that's the reason why this is such a hard teaching for us is because we want everything now. But what I've seen happen over time is when you make space God will bring the person in in his time. That's why two times a year we make a big deal about joining groups. You can join a group any week, but we make a big deal two times a year because what we found is that if you'll get in a small group, I, I love it that you're here today and I, I love it that you're watching online, but what we found is that when you get in a group of eight to 12, sometimes 20 people, and they're not perfect, but they're open, they don't act like they have it together, but they're on the same journey at least, I've seen what happens over time when somebody places that space in their circle, God will bring somebody in. Maybe it's somebody they never expected, somebody from a different generation than them, somebody from a different background than them. And yet because they made the necessary shift, God brought the one person that changed the rest of their lives. I'll close with this last principle. You might be one friend away from experiencing God's best for your life. But you may be missing that friend because of that inner circle. Can I pray for you this morning? Can I pray for you? I'm gonna pray and I'm gonna ask Pastor Zach to come out and before you leave and head out, I would love, I'd love, love, love for us to be able to worship a little bit and just to allow God to drop these truths in our heads and our hearts. But even now, as I pray out loud, I would invite you to pray in your head and your heart silently. And we just pray, God, would you open my eyes to the influences in my life? God, would you help me to see the power of friendships? And chances are, as I was teaching, maybe somebody's face or name came to mind. Would you just pray for them even in this moment? God, I know your desires for them to experience truth for them to come to you and for them to become wise. God, I lift them up to you. 
maybe there's some areas of your life that you, you feel like you're, you're some way down that path. I've given some examples today, but obviously there's no way, there's no way with this many people in the room, I could hit every single exact example, but you know what it is. You've seen it. Maybe it's your temper. Maybe it's your attitude about the world and other people. Maybe it's even your own self-image, how you see and talk about yourself. I, I, I don't know, but you know where that influence has been. Would you begin to pray, God, would you bring the right person in my life? And be open to it. Maybe it's somebody older than you. Maybe it's somebody with a totally different life story than you. It's one of the reasons why I love this church is we have people from every generation. Would you begin to say, God, would you create some space in that inner circle for me to have the right kind of friends in my heart, in my life? Heavenly Father, we bring this to you. Relationships are so powerful and yet they're so messy. Every single one of us, God wants to be accepted by the people around us, but help us not to be influenced by the negative areas of their lives. God, I pray that today, as we think about building relationships, that you'd help us to become even more intentional in the voices and the choices that we allow in our lives. Heavenly Father, we give this moment to you. We give this month to you. We know that relationships matter to you. You spend so much time in scripture talking about them. Help us to learn how to build them or rebuild them in your way. In just a moment, I'm gonna finish praying. We're gonna stand together if you're in the room. And man, I'd invite you to sing your guts out this morning as we lift up this last chorus, this last song, this reminder of what God himself says. Heavenly Father, thank you for today. It's been a gift and it's in your name we pray, amen. Amen. Let's stand together and let's sing this out. I can't think of a better way for us to sing this out today. Before you head out, let's lift this up. Zach, would you lead us? Yeah. It's so cool to be able to remember that this is what the Lord has spoken over us, but also to remember in our relationships for those others in our lives that have chosen to follow Jesus. He's spoken this over them as well. And it changes the way that we view people. And now on my heart, this word is written. Forgiven, forgiven on my heart. This word is written. Forgiven, forgiven. No guilt or shame can hold me. I'm covered by your mercy on my heart. This word is written. Forgiven, forgiven on my heart. This word is written. Forgiven. that word, don't you? What a powerful word. Honestly, when I was thinking about it today, I thought about so many dumb decisions I've made. <laughs> and I thought about the people I was with when I did it. And they're probably telling those stories about me today too. So it's all good. It's all good. That's the way life is. But on the flip side, I've also seen the power go the opposite way. I could tell you stories about friends in my life that called out something better in me. Guys that looked at me eyeball to eyeball when I was just being a knucklehead 
and they called out something in me. I could also name the people in my life that when I felt defeated and weak, they stood with me and helped me find strength. And I could also tell you a handful of folks that have loved me enough that they were willing to tell me the hard truth. And so there's, there, this thing, relationships is so powerful, both for the good and for the bad. And it can be really, really powerful because oftentimes the people that are closest to us are the people that accept us the most because we're all acceptance magnets. We wanna be accepted by somebody and with acceptance comes influence. And so I wanna encourage you today to think about the positive kind of friends as well. Who's the person in your life that helps you get better? Who's the person in the life that helps you find strength when you're tempted to quit? Who's the person that loves you enough that they'll tell you the truth even when it stings? And I'll close with this. It's something my grandmother would say if she was here today. If you wanna have those kind of friends, you gotta what? You gotta be those kind of friends. God bless you guys. I love you. I'm so grateful. Can't wait to see what God shows us this month through some assembly required. Have a great day. Let's be that kind of friend.